we live in an age where like everything is sunshine and rainbows on Instagram and it's not like, like, I, I know, like I call it like a, like an authenticity tax is what I call it on. Like when I, that how much money I, I can equate to losing because I tell people the truth. So the big question is how can physical therapists create a successful career earning six figures or more and give patients the care they need without relying on insurance companies for reimbursement? If you want to learn the answers to those questions and more, then you've come to the right place. My name is Dr. Aaron LeBauer, physical therapist, business coach, serial entrepreneur, and author of the Cash PT Blueprint. Thanks for joining me today. Hello, welcome back to the Cash PT Lunch Hour podcast. This is Aaron LeBauer, your host, and today my special guest is Ryan McGinn. Ryan is a just call him a serial online internet entrepreneur. He's a master of YouTube, GoPro photos, Instagram, even like website arbitrage, I think is part of his story. So we're going to get into all that in just a second. So Ryan, thank you for joining the show. I appreciate you being here. Well, thank you for having me. And I always enjoy talking to, I guess you could say per se, niches that I wouldn't normally be exposed to otherwise. So you have a very, that was the first thing I said to you. I was like, oh, you got a good targeted niche. I like it. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. You know, the riches are in the niches, right? Uh, I mean, it, it's it's just knowing who you're talking to. I mean, especially in today's world, and we could talk about this later. Like, if you're trying to reach everybody, you will definitely reach nobody. So it, it, it's good to see people like, you know, that have a very clear and defined, not only purpose, but like mission and like who the, is receiving that. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. You know, it's just even on that topic, it's one of those things I think a lot of people think, oh, I can help everyone. I should help everyone. And they don't know who they're talking to. And, and it's just like, it's probably stall out. You probably see that a ton, right? Yeah. I mean, I think everybody's guilty of that to a degree. I mean, like, I think I'm awesome. So I want to tell everybody I'm awesome. <laughs> yeah, right? But I mean, five years ago, that kind of worked. Like yeah. you could just be awesome. But there's a lot of deciding factors that, especially now that will limit, limit your awesomeness factor, I guess you could say. Like, do people like how you talk? Do people like how you look? Do, I mean, do, do they, do you, are you charismatic? Like there's a lot of people that, it's no offense to them, but like it, if you got like one eye, yeah, you, you know, I get it, but you're not going to reach everybody, you mm -hmm. know, because of that. Like, or, or if you have like a high pitched voice, you're going to piss people off. Like, so it's, you know, it's like people need to not necessarily like pick themselves apart, but like, okay, do I have this personality and can I take that to like yeah. the stratosphere? Yeah, that's awesome. So I want to get into a little bit about why I brought you on the show. You know, I saw you speak at Jason Capital's event last year. And I was there, I was in California working with my coach Pedros, and I came over for the day and saw you speak. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. And you were like, I used to race BMX bikes. And I was like, I'm probably one of the only people in the room that knows what that's like. <laughs> my, uh, I don't, I think, I think I told you this when I met you, but you probably didn't remember. But I used to race bicycle, like road bikes. <laughs> my best sponsors were Visa and MasterCard. Hell yeah. That's all. Yeah. I, I, uh, I'm an avid, well, I'm a fixed gear guy right now, yeah. but I, I do content for a couple, a couple bike shops in my local area and I don't want to say they owed me some money. So I have a very nice road bike getting gifted to me here shortly because of some payment issues. So I'm excited to get that. So I will be an avid, avid road cyclist as opposed to an avid fixed gear cyclist. Nice. So. That, that's awesome. And you used to race BMX, I think, right? Yeah, I, I turned pro when I was, I guess I was like 24, kind of a little bit later, like 24, 25. I was working at Lowe's at the time. And that's kind of what jump-started my entire internet 
I guess you could say career now because I've been at this for like nine years. But it was, I saw a need, like the internet wasn't, it was kind of infant back then. Like video was very infant. YouTube wasn't even a thing yet when I started. But I saw BMXers, like they were just like, uh, they were getting like, well, lack of a better term, ass raped by trainers for prices and stuff that wasn't specific to that. So I thought like, you know, I was a big fan of uh, Zach Evanesh and like the underground methods. And mm-hmm. I was actually a member on his forum. And that's how I met one of my good friends, Elliot Hulse. I'm sure a lot of people on your podcast know who Elliot Hulse is. Like I, I said, man, these, these kids need training advice. So I spent the whole, like a whole weekend staring at a camera at the time. It was like this little like flip camera. Right. We didn't even have like the shit we have today. It was just like phones and stuff. But it was, you know, I talked to my camera. It was like an hour and 15 minutes. I broke down like basically how to train with sandbags, sleds. And when this stuff wasn't that cool, like now that shit's cool. Like when I was talking about it, like it wasn't cool, especially not in BMX. Like, so it was way different. But I started making videos every day and I was posting them to Vidler, which is like not even a thing anymore. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I built a following. I built an email list. I started online marketing. I was selling my DVD. Just I'd make a helpful video and link to my DVD underneath. And when you bought the DVD, you signed up for my email list. And I mailed, like literally I was printing them off one by one. Like with, I had like, I photocopied the cover. It was a color printer. I photocopied it. I put it in a little plastic case. I took the DVD off the spool and boom. It was like my own prints on demand. And I, then I waited till like later in the day because I wanted to see how many more orders came in. So uh-huh. A lot of times not many others came in. So it was just like one or two DVDs and I would take it to the, to the post office and I'd ship it off. And that was like my, like I did that for like two and a half years. Um, that wow. like fun, funded me traveling. Not so much funded me. I just was never, and I said it in my speech at the summit, I was never good enough to be a, top top professional but i was too good to be amateur mm-hmm. like so it's like when i raced an amateur and that's what kind of forced me to go pro i was like oh like, i'm beating everybody like i'm in the top three every single time and and yeah that's cool but i you know i, I wanted to make a little bit of money i wanted to get that exposure i wanted to be able to say i was a pro so finally i i did get you had to be invited in the, one of the final races you had to get a certain placing in points to let you go and I made that and I said, I came back and I told Lowe's I wanted to do it. And they basically looked at me like I was crazy. I was like 24, like, you want to be a pro BMX racer? I was like, yep. And they're like, no, sorry, um, you can't do both. Um, we advise you to choose the career. And I was like, cool, I quit. And then that's kind of when the DVD happened and I was just funding my own way. And, yeah. you know, that's, <laughs> that's I, awesome. I mean, it, did, it does get bad. It, it, you know, it got bad because I was not only like selling the DVD, I was riding my bike. I was getting paid to ride my bike. You know, I was doing everything I could to train around my bike. And then everything I did revolved around like my bike. And after about three years, I was like, I fucking can't stand riding this bike anymore. <laughs> so, so that's what got me. And like you said, with the website arbitrage, um, yeah. I went into search engine optimization. The dark corners of the internet is kind of like how I like to put it because we, we were doing shit that like, I don't even, it, it definitely probably wouldn't be considered legal today, but nobody knew about it back then. Cause we would like, you know, take websites. I'd rank a website. And when you clicked on it, the entire website would change. I had like scripts and like all kinds of, it was made a lot of money really quickly. And then it collapsed very quickly once Google kind of figured out what you were doing. And that's, you know, then that brought me into the world of personal branding where I was like, well, let me build something around something that I know really well. And that at the time happened to be style and fashion. And 
I took a YouTube channel from zero to like 22,000 subscribers in about a year and a half, which, you know, back then was pretty solid. Even today, it would still be considered really yeah. solid. I was working with brands like Neutrogena, Aqua Velva, Gillette, Dollar Shave Club, Thursday Boots. I mean, I worked with so many. I was signed under an agency. And, you know, like we were talking about before we started the recording, I cussed a lot. I was very abrasive. A lot of my videos were garnered, not again in the niches, was garnered at teaching men's style and fashion. And I did that for a while. Um, I created multiple, I would consider best-selling products. Um, that's how I know Jason Capital. I mean, we were, we were really good friends before. We created a product together, but he basically published me on one of my products, which is called 51 Handsome Guy Secrets, which still sells to this day. It does. It's like, it's like the first, it's got the crazy VSL. Like I could probably re-update it. It would make a lot more money, but now I, I just don't really have the passion to do it. Once the channel got demonetized, I was forced to kind of, you know, really look at myself. It was, it was attention grabbing and I knew that. Um, that's why skinny I did it. Jeans. Skinny jeans yeah. to make you look hot or something. Yeah. I don't know. what Because you, you were talking about skinny jeans the other day. Still oh, I talk about skinny. Like My most popular videos on my channel are all about skinny jeans because I knew skinny jeans are a trigger for dudes. Like, I don't know why. And I would like poke at that. Like, and, and the videos would get hundreds of thousands of views. And I'd be like, cool, sweet. So I became, I, I would still consider myself the internet's advocate for skinny jeans. <laughs> so for men, <laughs> but you know, at, during that time frame, I, you know, I, I had my daughter, me and my now fiance, when everything kind of started, we broke, we broke up for a while. We were um, not together for about a year, uh, maybe a little less than that. And during that time, I kind of reinvented myself. That's when I found style and fashion. And I was like, man, like I was kind of like a piece of shit before. I mean, I, I don't say that like, not like, like an asshole, like I was beating people up and stuff, but like my persona just kind of seemed arrogant. This is right off like all the Google like manipulative stuff I was doing. And I was making a lot of money. Like there'd be days where I would, I'd wake up to $2,000 in my account that wasn't there the night before. And like, you know, looking back now, I wish I'd have saved some of that money. <laughs> but it was, you know, for what I was doing, um, I didn't do anything really. I had a team of Philippine, Filipino employees that were outsourced that did everything for me. And, and I, I kind of acted like I was Bill Gates when I was nowhere near that level. So I, I was forced to reinvent myself and kind of like come to fruition with, hey, you're kind of being a piece of shit right now. Maybe you should fix this. And luckily, me and my girlfriend broke up during that time and I was able to find myself. And then that's when the YouTube started for fashion and style. That's, a, you know, and now, you know, when that kind of, like it didn't really fall apart. Like YouTube kind of demonetized some of my stuff just because of it was very abrasive. So luckily this time Instagram was really popping off and I was like, well, here's a place I can reinvent myself. So I started making videos every day using my, uh, I, I literally have it near me at all times. So I use my GoPro nice. for tons of stuff. I started making little edits like 30 seconds long, 45 seconds long, posting to my Instagram story every day. People started liking them and they were just my day-to-day -day life. They were just what I was doing. Fortunately for me, I had money and not saved, I would say, but it was coming in because of what I had built with the fashion stuff. So I was like, I, I had like a time frame. I was like, I can reinvent myself for like six to eight months before I really need to go, holy shit, I got to make some fucking money. Yeah. So I just kind of hoped that in that time frame, if I gave good content about marketing, branding, made these little fun videos, that things would start to pop off. And yeah, I don't know if they kind of did, but I started getting asked to speak and I started making more money from just the business side of things. And again, the cycle started all over. I created some products, started doing consulting, videos every day, if not twice a day on my Instagram. And now we're here. Yeah. <laughs> so. Wow, man, that's awesome.
This has been more than just a few years. So when did you, when, what year were you racing bikes and when did uh, the videos start? I was doing it actually, I'm, cause I'm, I'm st- I, I had to figure this out the other day and I'm going to look at my LinkedIn cause I was, I'm, <laughs> I'm partnering with a guy on some LinkedIn content stuff and he's like, we got to set your LinkedIn up cause you, you don't really have a LinkedIn, which is like, you know, at, you know, people understand like when you're watching, like you can't be everywhere. And I don't, right. I would never tell somebody to be everywhere. And I'm like, I'm not a LinkedIn guy. I mean, maybe I'll become one in the next six months. I don't know, but I do understand the importance of having a presence. So it's, I, I it's been about 10 years now that I've been unemployed, I guess you could say. I'm trying to get to my uh, unemployable. Yeah. So let me look at my, yeah. So like January, 2003 to December, 2014, which is like 10 to 12 years. Mm-hmm. That was like when I quit, I like worked at Lowe's, quit Lowe's and like was riding my bike professionally. Yeah. Like, so, you know, I don't know if that's specific, but that was like the best timeline that I could put it on there. And I mean, between there though, that was like, you know, riding my bike professionally also consisted of me working like day labor and delivering subway sandwiches and shit, mm-hmm. like on my car, like, I did anything and everything I could to not have to get a job because I needed the time to train right. and also build another business because I didn't want to work for somebody. Yeah. So I would do the jobs that this is what I tell people. I mean, the funny thing is like, you, you know, you saw me at Jason Capital's event. Number one thing these, and I say kids cause they are, they're kids say is like, Ron, I quit my job. And I was like, cool. Okay. Now what do you do for money? Right. Oh, I'm going to do this internet thing. It's like, Oh yeah, cool. Talk to me in three years when you're still broke. Right. Like, and people look at me like I'm an asshole and I'm like, no, I'm just telling you the truth. Like this shit doesn't happen overnight. Like, you know, if anything, you should go get a job and then fund your internet business. Mm-hmm. Like it's, that's some shit I wish I did looking back. And my wisdom is, you know, even now I'm like, man, if I could get like a multiple six figure job and then do my internet shit on the side until I get that to a million dollars, I'd be fucking cool with that. Yeah. Like, but there was, you know, so it was, you know, I, I mean, I, I did day labor, I did construction, you know, I did all kinds of stuff in that time frame. But then it was, uh, you know, but then that was like the, the gist into it. And then it kind of morphed into, I didn't put the black hat Google SEO strategies on my LinkedIn. I neglected to, to tell that period of my life because I don't want to, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to be considered an SEO guy. Um, that's not, I have no idea how that shit works now. Like yeah. I know what I did back then worked, but that shouldn't work now. It's completely uh, different. That changes every few months. You yeah, know. it's like everything. I mean, I was talking to somebody that then I was like, man, I was like, I wish somebody would have told me when I started the internet that you literally have to reinvent your business every two years. Yeah. I, I mean, for the most part, like you have, like there has to be pivots and there has to be shifts. Like nothing will be the same. And I don't, I think it's going to be, I think you have to do that shit like every year now because the internet moves so fast. And I don't mean like jump out of an industry and into another, but the format of your business, like, you know, high ticket products, membership sites, low ticket offers, mid tier products, physical locations. Like there's so many different variables Mm -hmm. and things that you could do. And it's just like, what's working now versus what's working then. Even when when 10 other people come in and start selling the same thing. Yeah. And then they charge less than you. And then that erodes the price. And then you have to figure out ways to outsmart everybody and figure out how to make money by selling shit at a lower price. Oh, so hard to do. But, but yeah, so that was like, and then it was like 2014 to 2018 was like YouTube and style. And then from 2018, the last two and a half years, I would say is when I really started branding myself as more of a content expert. Mm-hmm. And that's where I like to stay. That's where I feel like my avenue is, is like, not that I'm like the best video editor or the best photographer by no means. Am I, am I, 
but I understand psychology and direct response. And I, I'm better than a regular videographer and a photographer because I know how to make the shit that makes people like do stuff that evokes emotion that builds like influence. So that's kind of my lane right now. And I'm, you know, whatever that looks like, I'm sticking with it. <laughs> that's awesome. So here's my, my number one question right now is there's a lot of other people that know how to do all the technical things, right? Mm -hmm. They know how to create the photos and the videos and they know how to do the, the social media and you get people saying, Hey, we'll blow up your Instagram for you and all this stuff. But what keeps you doing it? Why, why is this so important to you? And what are the things that are allowing you to be successful where other people are, are not succeeding, even if they're smarter than you or better at you than some of these things? Well, I think people haven't, I, I learned early on, like, yeah, like, I don't want to say that I, I just expect things to be short term. Mm -hmm. um in the internet in the internet world and that's because like in these platforms like people have their entire identities wrapped around platforms myself included i mean i get carried away with instagram a lot like it's you know i have to like reel myself back in but there's people that are they're so focused on producing the best thing and that's great like that's how you should operate you should operate at the higher caliber where like you are putting out the best that you can possibly do but i know because I've been around for a while and I've seen it and I've done it and I've, I've produced stuff that the best doesn't really expose the emotion that you are thinking you, you have to get. It's just, but what really matters is getting it out. Mm -hmm. And that's where I think that I, I excel because I'm just going to post the shit. Like I'm going to spend enough time on it where I think it's good enough. And then it's going to go upload or post a picture, write a caption, done. And then here's another thing. It's like, and then I don't have a mental attachment to it because I'm just going to do it again tomorrow. And I'm going to do it again tomorrow. And I'm going to do it again the day after that. Like, and I think that, that that's, a, that's a personality trait. It's, you know, I mean, obviously I pay attention to my content and I look at what's doing well and I try to recreate that more and more and more often. But I think people, especially photographers, videographers, content producers, and even people, you know, very professional level people like they just don't get that like this broken cell phone can produce and build you a business and a brand and it, it, even still like you would think that by now they'd have it figured out that you know this like internet thing kind of works right but they don't and it, it baffles me when people like i mean now that i'm on linkedin i look at like job postings and stuff because i'm always interested in like what people are looking to hire for like what skill sets like you know, because these are things I can teach. Like if I have, because I have a lot of people that like to produce content under me. So if I can help them, like, hey, there's a lot of businesses in my area that are looking for content production experts. And they think that you need a four-year degree mm. in, in videography to do that. And it's like, no, you don't. Just, you know, and, and it's, yeah, it goes back to what I said, like the industry changed so fast. And I think a lot of people, they just get so attached to what it is right now and they can't move past that or, or the perfectionism comes into play, especially in like, and not to pick apart your industry, but the medical fields and like that, you know, the more professional fields from what they're like, what they, who they have to become in school, what they feel that they have to represent like outside of that and into your own practice. So you have a practice per se, you know, like even that sounds professional. It's not just a place where you go to get better and healthy. It's a practice. Yeah. Well, you know, that totally, that totally hinders the people that I work with because we have to get A's to get into grad school and then you're expected to do things perfect, treat your patients perfectly. And they go out into business and think business has to be perfect. And it has to, I, Oh, I can't even launch or get off the ground or implement this thing because it's not perfect. 
Yep. And it's like that train of thought needs to get broken off. Yeah, and, and I don't want I don't want people to like lose context of the fact that like I think you should put out the best that you possibly can when it comes to your knowledge and information. But what I found, and this is like from running ads and from seeing like the number one view on my like my fashion YouTube video is like the third video I made has like almost a million views. I posted it on my Instagram. It's at like three, it was at 300K when I posted it. And it's like, had I known that was the video that was going to, I mean, that video is responsible for driving probably 20,000 email addresses into my database. Wow. So like, and like, it's me, the thumbnail is just like, I'm like this. <laughs> like I didn't even put a thumbnail on it. And I'm just like, I, I mean, I don't know if it's still there, but if you Google how to be handsome, it's, it was ranked number one for the long time. It might still be there. Wow. Like, but it's, you know, I learned, I'm just like, it's, it's not a big deal. And I think that people get so wrapped up and said, like, and, and that stops people that, that literally cripples people from doing things. And then there's the tech aspect of everything. It's like, you know, I, I'm, I'm super pumped, like Instagram and like YouTube and like the general social media, like it eliminated the need for like fancy websites and fancy, like all I, like I operate with like, like a shopping cart like, mm -hmm. and like a landing page. Like I use lead pages, which is $37 a month and Sam cart, which is $99 a month to, to manage all of my sales pages, all of my thank you pages. And to be able to do that, like, I mean, I just did a product this weekend. Like it was called seven Instagram stories that sell. And it was, I made the product in an afternoon and I had it selling by that evening. Wow. You know, like that, like, That's awesome. not saying like that. I mean, this didn't do as well. I mean, I did like 50 something sales, which is like, you know, that's 50 new customers that may buy my higher ticket thing. Like, I mean, so it's like, but it, like the time it took me from like, Hmm, I think people want to know how to sell Instagram stories. Okay. Let me take some of my examples and let me creatively come up with names for each of these different methods that I literally made in the same day. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, they're, they're methods I use, like, so they're proven. I just named them something cool and put them in a PDF. And I use Google drive to make all my PDFs. Like, you know, I spent money on designers and sent it off like to, you know, you spend like 500 bucks getting a cool PDF design. Like there's a lady that's like super big in the fitness niche, like, and she's a really nice lady. Her name's Pam. Like everybody uses her. But like, I was like, Oh cool. I'll use her too. And like, she built me like a grand and I'm like, <laughs> to make I mean, it I had to, and, and I had to pay it too. Cause she builds you after she gets done. And I was like, right. fuck did I just pay a grand for it? <laughs> like, I might not even make a grand on this product. Like, and that's the way I, I look at things. It's just like, you have to take in the reality. Like, how much am I going to sell? Number one versus what am I like? What can I invest? Like, so that's where I think content comes into play. And that's like, uh, I was like, I don't, I'm a transition for, um, like to, because it really would help your people is like the better quality content you put out, the less production value has to happen inside of the actual products. And this is like, like I've, I have like zero refunds on my shit. Like, you know, I do have some good terms of service so like I can av avoid refund fraud, which is, a, which is another thing that you get when you start selling digital information. But like the higher quality of my content is the more people know me, the more I'm putting out, which is like actually me being me, people don't refund you. Like, and they, and they just want the information. They don't care the package. You know, so it's like if they have to scroll 10 pages down just to get like through your cool edited PDF and pictures to get yeah. to the, to get to the one thing that they can immediately go use on their Instagram to make like a thousand dollars that day. 
they're, they're pissed. They're annoyed. So I just give it to them in the simplest format. And like, that was one thing that I always took, you know, took pride in was for me to sell an information product. Like I put a lot more thought into the one PDF cover. Like, so if there's one graphic you need, it's like the PDF cut or just get good and make them yourself. Like I can make a lot of them myself, but I want somebody to buy my product based on the logo alone. Mm-hmm. Like, and it has to say like, I mean, and I learned this because my best selling fashion product was seven looks to make her want to fuck you. And it was it, like, it's a yes or no question. Do you want it? Yeah. Yes or no. You know, just like, do you want like, and that's the more that you can get clarity in that, like the, the better off your, your businesses will like, you'll, will be even like the services people offer. It's like, well, do you want to, do you want to fix your neck or your back? Okay. Let me fix your neck. Cool. Done. 800 bucks. Like, yes or no. <laughs> like that, so like, and that, that to me is selling. And I, and I mean, I've studied a lot of sales and I've studied a lot of stuff. It's like, I just think people overcomplicate the whole thing and they want to get smarter with their marketing and they want to learn about the psychology of persuasion and all of this. And it's like, I, I think that society and people are getting smarter. Like, like if you can convey what your, is you're offering mm-hmm. quickly, easily and effortlessly, then you'll make the sales. And then it comes down to a price justification. Do they, yeah. do they see the value in like how much they're about to pay? here's my question I want to ask on this. How do you figure out what your customers want to buy? Uh, Well, I mean, usually, (laughs) I mean, what a lot of people do, like, what do I sell them? Like, how do I sell them? Because one, my customers aren't going to buy physical therapy. I need to sell them something else. How do I, how do I figure that out? Like, I mean, the general rule is like health, wealth, or finance. Like Mm -hmm. that's like, so if you can sell them how to be healthier, they'll pay for it if they're unhealthy. If you can sell them how to be rich and if they're broke, they'll pay for it. If you can sell them how to save money if they can't save money, like they'll pay for it. Like, like problems and pain points are kind of like number one, but I, but I don't think that that's going to be like forever. Like that's basic direct response marketing principles. Like find a problem in a market that has something that if you can offer a solution to a problem, you should make money. Right. Then that doesn't explain why people will not pay their rent and women will buy a pair of $800 high heels. Like, so it also comes down to emotion. Can you tap into the emotions or the, can you help them build an identity around what you're offering? And I know that's like kind of deeper mind manipulative shit, like which, but I mean, people, that's what businesses do. That's like what brands do. And that's kind of the bigger picture thinking, but like, you know, most everybody listen to this, like you guys solve problems, like you help people. Like you get them out of pain, like, and you're help. And not only do you help people get out of pain with your practice, but you're also helping people like actual therapists who are in pain in their businesses because they can't like they're, they're, they're seeing like a level at which they're, they're tapped out. Like mm-hmm. there's people tell them they can't make six figures like doing this. And you're like, no, you can't, you know, it, it's it, in what I found just was, I guess would say successful for me is like I still make yourself look cool. <laughs> and that's like, that taps into emotion that taps into ego. And I'm aware of that, like a hundred percent, you know, but I also, you know, and for me, the big problem I solve is like, you know, if people watching this, like eventually you're going to start making content, maybe you are, and then you're going to make it. And then a couple of things are going to happen. One, you're going to get really burnt out really quickly to where you're like, I can't physically make more content. Like what yeah. the fuck? All right. And then you're going to, 
then number two, you're not going to make any money from it. And you're going to be like, this shit's a scam. It doesn't work. And number three, then you're going to experience hate and you're going to have people making fun of you for the content you're putting out or talking shit about your face or your hair or your eyes or your, you know, your family or your friends, like whatever, like they're going to attack you. So it's like, I, I know those are going to be problems that people are going to have. So I'm like, okay, well, if you want to avoid burnout, you need a plan and you need to get quick at what you're doing. So it's not, so it's easy. Yeah. Oh, I teach that. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, do you want to know how to deal with hairs? Well, you got to develop thick skin. Okay. Well, how do you develop thick skin? Well, you, you make a lot of content where you don't fucking care. Mm-hmm. And the only way to get thick skin is to, it's like working out. Like you got to build your, your, your content muscle is what I call it. Like right. how much can you produce? And, you know, so it's like finding the pain points people have and then tapping into them. But also understand that most everybody's pain points, there's already a thousand other people attacking those pain points. So it becomes a bigger picture. Like I, yes, I help with these pain points, but how can I wrap an emotion and an identity around what's going on? You know, and that's why, like, I mean, I wrap my identities built around a GoPro, like, because I, you know, not that I think this is the most amazing camera. Cause honestly I don't like, it's just the one that works the best for what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And I don't really know how to manufacture my own camera. So like, I got to leave it to guys like GoPro to figure that shit out. But I mean, you, you attach a personality and a brand around you, who you are as a person and what you're about. And, and this is where most people stop themselves. Like they don't want people to see the real them. And we hear a lot about authenticity and things of that nature, especially now online. It's like, be authentic, show your authentic self. Well, even most girls I know, their authentic self is, I got to get makeup. Like, <laughs> like if they're alone and they're living, it's not just like, you know, like that. So like, what is your authenticity? Well, in my opinion, like I like to show my authenticity, but I like to show things that I know are going to ingrained principles into what would make people trust me and want to buy from me. And I, like, I think I lose money by telling people I do this. I haven't quite figured this out, but it keeps working. So like, I mean, there's yeah. like, I don't always like, I'm terrified to show my daughter on social media, but I show her a lot because like people trust, like people see me taking care of a really cute four year old girl and taking her to, to coffee with me and playing, you know, bike riding bikes with her. Like that builds an emotion that you can't build on a sales page. Right. You know, and I also want people to understand that when somebody is going to take, when you're going to buy seven stories to sell, I want you to take out your credit card and go, I like Ryan. He's good to his daughter. Right. And type in your fucking credit card number and pay me $7. Like, and that's the, the, that's the business behind it. Like I, I drink sugar-free Red Bull. Like I do love sugar-free Red Bull. I don't drink coffee for the most part. Like, and but I, my identity is built around, like, I want to attract action, more oriented people, like more creatives and creatives use GoPros and drink Red Bulls. Mm-hmm. It's not a mistake, you know, like, and I think that this is where things are going. Like every person you follow, you could probably think of five distinct things about them right away of why you like them. And that I think is like where people just, they don't know that they don't want, they don't, number one they don't they can't identify something with themselves that they can show that or or the two they're afraid to be that authentic so is it also in creating a content like strategy or putting things out there people are too worried about you know fixing something solving something rather than you know helping people understand who they really are and what the emotions are around doing business with them is that i think people like they they become shut off on like 
showing who they are and the, and the intricacies of who they are. Mm-hmm. And they stick to, no, I just help people fix their back. And I actually saw, I'm, I mean, I don't know, I'm sure you're familiar with Brandon Carter. He's got a massive YouTube channel. And like, I, I'm not, I don't want to like argue with his success at all because he's a, he's a savage and he's amazing at what he does. But he made a post, or I got an email from him. Maybe he didn't write the email, I don't know. But it was, it was basically just saying like, to succeed in the fitness industry, you like you should you should only show your abs. Like you should just show what you're about. It's like leave your fit, leave your family, leave your friend, like leave all that off of your Instagram. And I'm like, I'm the exact opposite. I'm like, no, fucking show all that shit, and then you just happen to sell fitness, like because right. I think that you know people want people, and especially when they if somebody in fitness, most people I think like are looking at somebody like I can't even attain that level of leanness, like. How the fuck am I going to do that? I have three kids. I don't sleep seven out, eight hours a night. My diet is not on point, even though I'm really trying to make it on point. Like I go to the gym at like 4.45 in the morning. I don't fucking want to be there because it's early as fuck. I'd rather be sleeping. Mm -hmm. Like, so, and like they see like just shredded abs on other people's Instagrams. It's like, well, I mean, I get that that's the end product and you can help me get there, but like, what's your program about? Like, is your program going to, going to consist of me having to wake up at four forty-five? I fucking hate it. I want to wake up at eight. Like, so right there, like I, like, I don't know if your program is for me, you know, like, so it's like you, you kind of build an army of like, they say like attracts like the more of, of you person that like, I want people, like, I don't want people buying my products if they're not creative. Well, what the, the most creative people I know are ones that already have cameras. Mm-hmm. Like I, it's really hard. And it, this is just for me selling a lot of products and coaching people like, yes, your phone works. Like you can do a lot of damage with your phone for content, but I know the people that are going to succeed with my course, they're not afraid to go buy a camera and, and like download an editing software. Right. Like, so it's, it comes down to who am I selling to and what, like, what's the end product do I want them to achieve? You know, and most of it, you might not know that up front like at all like it might take you know trying things and that's another thing too like i launch shit all the time that just tanks and i just stop talking about it because because on social media you can people forget so fast like you know i mean i i had an event last year and most people don't even realize that i did this but i did an event and it was a three thousand dollar workshop the first one sold like crazy i had like uh i think it was like seven people three thousand i made like 30 grand i was like this is fucking awesome let's do another one in three months Nobody bought the second one. Right. So I was faced with a decision. That's not, and that's not that the product wasn't good. It was like, all right, maybe I did that a little premature. Should have waited like six, eight months to do this again, build some hype around it. But I tried to capitalize. Well, like I just ate the thousand dollars that I spent on the room fee and just never talked about it again. Mm-hmm. Nobody's hit me up going, man, you, you stopped talking about this. It's like, no, well, you know, and if they did, I'd be like, yeah, well, you know, it didn't sell well the second time. So I had to make a decision. Right. Like, you know, I hope that was helpful for people. Yeah. So basically what you're saying is if you try something and it doesn't work, pivot away from it and try something slightly different. And if something does work, go after it again. And if it doesn't work, that's okay. Because you know, like (laughs) something hits. Yeah. And I mean, it's also too, and that that it's not saying that the product wasn't a hit either. Mm -hmm. It could have just been the packaging on the product, the name of the product. The, the, the intended audience that you thought wanted to buy that product didn't buy that product. Right. I mean, like I've resold sold products to, to my customers, like 
that are that it's the same product, but I had to package it differently and remarket it as mm-hmm. something else. And then I've had people buy the product twice. And then I say, well, let me send you a refund because you just bought the same products. Like, you know, even like, in this thing too, you learn people don't pay attention. Like I would send an email to all the buyers of that specific product and say, Hey guys, you've already bought this product. I'm about to start selling it very hard. Um, I've rebranded it and I'm calling it this. So don't buy it. Please don't buy it. Like again, and they'll buy it again. <laughs> like, right. And I'm just like, Ugh. right. When, well, when is, when is gathering information and buying products no longer productive for someone? Honestly, right away. <laughs> I, I mean, it, you have to take a look at your skill sets and what, like, what is the biggest op- objections and obstacles stopping you? Like, to, to put a product online, like, I don't think you need to buy a course on how to put a product online. Mm-hmm. You know, most of the times, like, if you hire a mentor or, like, you get coaching from somebody, they'll just tell you, yeah, buy lead pages, use Google Drive, and, you know, how's your emails in AWeber or Constant Contact? Yeah. Like, I mean, I, you don't have to buy that. That's how you run a digital product business right there. Done. You know, it, it makes sense to try your best to put it out without paying for anything and paying anybody to do anything. Mm-hmm. And then when you see how bad the product is when you finish it, then you go, okay, what, what can I make better on this and who can help me make it better? Right. Because then you're going to learn, I mean, the, the basics of selling. Like you need copywriting and you need or, or video salesmanship. Like, like you know, and then it, so that's like the next step. So then it's like, so then you have your product. It might suck. It might just be like a page and like some words that say, hey, guys, I have this product that does this. And then there's a link to buy it. You may not sell any. It's like, okay, well, let me, what's stopping this? Okay, maybe I need a good video. Let me practice being on video and let's film a, like, a video sales letter of me talking about what's in the product. Mm-hmm. Then you need to discuss, okay, well, how do I film video? Well, I have my phone. I know it shoots in 4K. Most people don't hold the camera selfie style, so I need to get like, some sort of tripod to hold my phone and I'm going to talk to it. And then you put that on a page and it works a little bit better. And it, like, that, that's what people don't understand. It's like these steps mm-hmm. you know, and it's not quick. Unless you're going to pay somebody 10 grand to go, okay, this is my product idea. I want you to do it all. Right. So I can start selling it. And generally speaking, for somebody to do all that, it's going to be one, very, very expensive. And two, they're probably going to want to, if they think, like, if they think that the product is good enough, they're going to want a piece of the product going forward. Mm-hmm. And if they don't want a piece of the product going forward, you should, might know that it's not a good product idea. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> So um, I got a couple questions I want to ask that some have been coming up and some came up for me while you were uh, talking, you know, cause a lot of people ask me like, Aaron, well, you know, I want to create passive income. One, I'd like to know, like, what's your definition of passive income and what are the, what are the top ways for people to start getting it? <laughs> Don't do anything on the internet. Go buy properties and real estate and invest in businesses that aren't on the internet, <laughs> but not, I, I mean, here, the, the, way I, the way I look at it and what's, and this is true with content production and just like the longer you put out stuff on the internet, like, and the, the more you're selling and the more, the bigger your brand gets, the more passive income you get because you are now profiting off all of the work that you had once put in. Mm-hmm. But it's not truly passive because if you just stopped posting, people will forget about you, you know, and that's not true to a hundred percent degree, but like you become less effective. You become 
you're not top of mind anymore. And the next person that is going to be top of mind that is in that building stage will overtake you. So when it comes to the internet, I, you know, I'm a big fan of recurring revenue. I haven't had it for a very long time. And now I have a, a, a service slash product that, that I'm actively trying to grow, which is just, it's $60 a month. But now I have like a recurring number, but even that's not truly passive because I know every month, like there's going to be cards that are going to fail and there's going to be cancellations. So I have to actively putting people in there. So, but I do know that if I decide to make a product in an afternoon and sell it, I'll probably make rent for that month Mm -hmm. (laughs) because of the passive brand equity and the passive goodwill that I've, that I've put in for that for a long time. So, I mean, I do believe like businesses should have recurring revenue. And, and I know I say that now, but like, and I would have said that a year ago, but I didn't have any recurring revenue, but it's also diversification of like, you know, I mean, it's like what I think Warren Buffett always says, it's like, you should have seven form or seven streams of income. Like, like the internet should be one thing. Like I, like what you do and what a lot of people that are probably listening to you do is like, you have practices like mm-hmm. in-person facilities. I think that's dope. Like, but I don't think you should be in there like, working on your patients like you should have people for that you know and then technically that is a passive income for you you manage and oversee it but you don't actually have to you can hire somebody to manage and oversee it for you but then you have to equate to can i afford to hire somebody to do this for me so i mean i I don't know that there is a truly passive income because even if you say you know like you know real estate like you have to have a property manager you have to have like contractors on staff like you're the one that gets the call if something fucks up so it's not passive but i think you know yes like recurring revenue on the internet is like a digital business is like probably the best form of passive income but it's still like you can't just still takes a shitload of work (laughs) yeah like and so i guess the better question is is what what can people do that they're not going to have to think of it as work for a very long time. Right. And, and even that, like, you know, I love making videos, but some days I hate making fucking videos. Yeah. And then next thing you know, video will be banned on the internet and we have to reinvent yeah. ourselves. Yep. And then I have to do pictures again <laughs> and do an even better degree. So, so, I mean, yeah, it's a good question though. That's awesome. What, um, yeah, I see it almost as like, well, what's passive? Like to me, it's when I stop trading time for money to generate income. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, then that's my past. I'm still working hard, but I'm not trading one-on-one time for the money. I'm st- I do it every once in a while. Yeah, if the price is right. Yeah, if the price is right. And but if you I'm- need to, like, I, and that's the thing too. Like, I, I don't think people, like we live in an age where like everything is sunshine and rainbows on Instagram. And mm-hmm. it's not. Like, like I, I, I know, like I call it like a like an authenticity tax is what I call it on like when I, that how much money I, I can equate to losing because I tell people the truth. Yeah. And like, even in my speech, like at the summit, like I'm in front of almost a thousand people and I'm like, this is fucking hard guys. I can give you everything, but I know you're not going to fucking do it. Right. Like, you know, and that's, you know, and then it's like you deal, like I love like success stories and like, I don't ever want to discredit people's success, but like, I look at like, Oh, so-and-so made a hundred grand last month. And it's like, okay, cool. That's fucking rad. Number one, what did he do to make a hundred grand? How can I use that information to make my business better? But has he made money for the last three years? Or was that the first money he made mm-hmm. after being broke for like five years trying to build it? Right. And, and then he made a hundred grand and then it's like, okay, well, 
how many credit card companies does he owe because he's maxed them all out and now he's in collections and he wants to fix all that shit. Cause it's like, as an entrepreneur, it's like you, you get these windfalls of cash and it's like, all right, well, how much shit have I fucked up getting this cash? And can I fix it? Cause right. now I want to pay to fix what I fucked up. And like, you know, I've done it so many times in my life and that's why I laugh. And, and, and it's also longevity too. Yeah. Like I don't want to talk to the dude that made 50 grand once. I want to talk to you that's made, 50 grand repeatedly over the course of five years. Right. You know, cause it, cause it's, it's too, it's like, you have to show like you're, you know, so you have, you have a six figure, you know, personal training facility, you know, okay, cool. But you've only been open for six months. So you're on pace to have your first six figure year. Mm-hmm. You're not a six figure facility yet until you've done that for a year and then two years, three years. Like that, you know, and I don't think people are looking at that right now. They see the Instagrams and they see the things popping up. They see sales stats. Like the, my favorite is seeing the sales stats for like these drop shipping guys. I don't know if you've probably seen any of those yeah. ads where they're like, look, I just made $37,000 last month. It's like you spent 35000 on ads, you dumb fuck. <laughs> like you made two grand, right? <laughs> so like these, I, I don't know. These are things that like, like I want to talk more about this stuff on the internet, like, but it's, but it's like, I know I lose money by doing it. And it's, it's just like, I can't, you know? Right. right. It's like, almost like there's a level of truth that turns people away that, you know, it's like, well, you, you lose money, but if I tell you actually how hard it is, like, you're not going to want to do it. Yep. You know? So I got to help you understand like, that you can take the next step. So it's part of the sales. Like I, I got to show you how to take the next step. So you will yep. take some action because without action, you ain't going to do anything. But if you take some action, likelihood is if you keep doing it, you will be successful, but it is super hard. Right. Yeah. And that's like, I mean, my business is content. So it's like, you know, I like, and that's, I've done my best. And like my whole talk at the, the summit, which is still like, I mean, that's like, what I like, that's like my go-to principle. You're like, Ryan, how do I make my content production easier? It's like, okay, well you need a content calendar for one, which means you just have to have a plan. Mm -hmm. And if you want to make money from your content, you need to inject four different things, like four types of content into this said plan. And that's, you have to build authority. And it's like, okay, so what makes me the chosen choice over everybody else? Like, that's it. That's authority, you know? And then it's like, okay, well, now that I've built some authority, let me show people that I'm actually an authority. Mm-hmm. And that's, okay, testimonials. Like how many customers are, do my products work? So it's, that's called social proof. So you need authority, social proof. And then if you're building too much authority and too much social proof, then you kind of look like a robot. And you're like, well, I don't even know if I trust this guy. Then you have to build connection. Right. And it's like, okay, well, what's connection? Connection is just you being you. It's like, what what do I show people? Do I show people my family? Do I show people my behind the scenes at work? Do I show people my problems? Do I show people that builds connection. And then lastly is like, I need to create engagement. So it's like, I need to kind of use all these things to make my account engaged enough to where people are constantly coming back, wondering what I'm doing, commenting, liking, and paying attention to me. And sometimes the, that engaging means that you have to put yourself out there in ways that most people are uncomfortable to do. You might have to call somebody out or you might have to go against what is norm. Like, and you have to be willing to accept the fact that when I put this piece of content out there, it's going to make people mad. And then they're going to attack me as far as, you know, hate comments, like other people in the industry might 
say some shit about me that's, you know, could be true, could be false. Like, you got to be okay with it. Like, and all four of those things went done in unison on a consistent basis over the course of 30, 60, 90, 120, 180, two, three, four, five, six years. Now you have that passive income and people are buying your stuff because you've built up this entire, you're always building authority. You're always showing that your shit works. You're always building a connection and you're always doing stuff every once in a while that creates some engagement. Mm-hmm. Like that's why, like, I mean, like we joked about it before, like I crucify my haters on my Instagram story all the time. Like I look forward to it and I especially love when they come out during the middle of a product that I'm selling. Like mm-hmm. they're from, and I'm just like, awesome, you know? And then, I mean, it sucks. So like, I mean, I crafted that entire, all of that stuff. It took like an hour of my day, whereas like technically I was putting an hour of my time looking at a hater, right. which to me, though, it was never about him. It was like, okay, I'm going to use this guy to sell this mm-hmm. and then craft a message that does that according. Like, but it's, you know, and then, so like, that's like content in a nutshell. It's like it, if you're looking at your content and you're going like, why am I not succeeding online? It's like, you know, the number one thing I always see is like most of the time is it's not enough content. It's just like, well, you don't have a brand yet. You only have, you know, you've only been posting actively for 90 days. Like three months isn't a lot of time. Like people don't really trust you yet. And then it's like looking at your content. It's like, okay, like you seem like you know, you're very professional and you're very authoritative but I don't see any testimonials. I don't see any reason why your stuff works. And I also don't know who you are as a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like, don't trust so, you. So it's like when you start breaking it down into those like four things, it's like, okay, so maybe I, maybe I should focus on building a more connection for like 90 days. Yeah. So, so what, what, like if someone wants to post something on whether it's Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, whatever it is, like what are some of the things that they can post? Like, I can reshare testimonials, but what are some of the um, best strategies or tactics you're using or teaching to get people to share those things on their social media so they start building the trust and likability and connection? Well, I mean, there's, 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 I mean, the, the easy stuff is, I mean, first off, decide what platform you want to start with. Like, that's another thing too, the, the overwhelm involved too. So mm-hmm. it's like, I mean, before we go, okay, make these videos and do that. It's like, okay, figure out like, like, are you a fit for like short form video? Like I happen to, I mean, like, I feel like I excel at short form video, but there's a lot of people that do not, and they can't get a point out in one minute. And that doesn't, that doesn't mean that they're like unknowledgeable. It just means like they, they need to work on their articulation. They need to work on their speaking to get that point out. So Instagram is built on short form content. You have to do a lot with a very little amount of time. And not a lot of people can do that. So it, it, the better question might be, okay, do I need, should I focus on long form content, YouTube or podcast, as opposed to Instagram, like short form content. And I only say to do that because all, all of it is hard, you know, and all of it takes time. Instagram is short form, but you got to do like three times the amount. YouTube is long form and so are podcasts but they take a lot more work. They take a lot more planning to sit down and make an hour long video. Like that doesn't just, I mean, yes, you can open up and just start spewing, but like you really got to get clear on your thoughts and what you're going to say. So what I tell people to do is like, okay, like number one, see where you're a fit. Like, are you a rambler? Do you just want to talk to people? Like then go podcast. Like, do you like to go in depth on very, very deep topics and you have a wealth of knowledge, like dissecting things then go to YouTube. 
like, and then start like Instagram second and look at your long form stuff and start chopping it down into like micro content is what they call it for Instagram, you know? And then the next thing is like, okay, so how do I, cause like, again, going on this content calendar, so you have 30 days. So, you know, it's, you know, uh, in one week you have seven days of content. Like, let's just keep it even. Like, let's go two days of authority, you know, three days of connection, one day of social proof and one day of engagement. It's like, okay, so what do those authority, like, so if my, like, customers, my potential customers or clients, like, have back pain. So there's authority is like, okay, so I need one video telling them how to instantly fix their back pain. So they take a look, and then I need one video maybe saying why that, that method I use worked. Mm-hmm. So there's two videos. Then you have connections. So it's like, I need connections. So it's like, okay, so what do I want to show? Do I want to show my, my gym life, the, like, my self-care? my family and my friends. It's like, okay, so I need to show a picture, a video of me doing my workout or doing my nutrition or doing this. And then I need to show, you know, a video of me with my family or a picture of me with my family. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, I need to show that, that, that now that I have a few days, hopefully that people watch that first back video, I got a comment where somebody tried it and it works. I'm going to screenshot that comment. I'm going to post that as my testimonial, as my social proof. And then I'm going to give some context on to why it worked. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then the next one is like, okay, so how am I going to create some engagement? Well, I'm not a big fan of, you know, dynamic meditation. I'm going to do a video talking about why I think dynamic meditation is bad for your back. Do you see how, and like, so it's constantly like mm-hmm. shifting and evolving, you know, but they, like, there is no specifics. But as you make more, then it's like, so you just kind of vomit a month of content out. And then you go into your little Instagram insights and then you go, okay, what content did the best? And then you go, wow, that video did really good. Let's make some more about that. Yeah. And, and you know, then you make more and then this process and cycle starts all over again. So it's like, you know, but like teaching videos where you're helping people do stuff, engaging type of videos where you're calling something out or somebody out or you're picking apart like something that people think is the best mm-hmm. those always work yeah that's awesome that's great so what is the like what's the number one type of picture that i could put up on instagram or facebook to build some authority or connection something like that like what you know that i could do easily myself whether it's with my phone or if i already have a gopro or something like what's what it what would be like where should i go what should i do what should i wear you know like yeah. Well, I, I, myself and Jason capital, I mean, we're good friends. I, I don't know if I even mentioned that. Like, so we talk and we're like constantly like, but like, it's like a personal mission of mine. Like I want to turn people into like one person content creation team. Mm-hmm. Like, cause I don't think people need like, you know, and this is coming. The irony is I have a girl that's technically my videographer that works for me and I'm teaching people how to not have a videographer that works for you. But it's, you know, it's just cause I have workload with my clients and stuff that I can't keep up with. Yeah. But there, there's certain things that t- to build authority in a photo, like I call it the paparazzi effect. And pe- I've seen so many people steal this and like make, say that it's like of their own. But paparazzi effect is like when you see Taylor Swift, she's not ever really taking selfies. Like she doesn't go to Starbucks and take a selfie of herself. Mm-hmm. But what happens? A person takes a picture of her walking out of Starbucks holding a coffee, the paparazzi. And then that picture is now put on e-news and it's put on all these celebrity gossip sites and it's put on all these things. And then she is then like analyzed for what she is doing in that photo. 
Well, that's what I call the paparazzi effect. So for you in a business, you create your own paparazzi effect, right? You get pictures of you taken training clients or training PTs. Mm-hmm. You get pictures of you taken eating a salad. Basically, I urge people, like, if you're trying to build authority and you're trying to separate yourself, like, the act of getting a photo taken of you is authoritative in itself. And mm-hmm. I don't I think people realize that. Like, and that's not saying that you shouldn't do, like, selfies and, like, fun pictures like that. But it, getting photos taken of you and, and that appear more professional. They don't necessarily have to be that professional. But from somebody looking at your page, if it's selfie, 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 like, me with a client, like, yeah, that works. But if it's picture taken of me with a client, picture taken of me working on a client, picture taken of me eating lunch with a client, picture taken of me in a console, then somebody's going to go like, man, he's always got pictures, people taking pictures of him. That is an authoritative effect. That is, that is the paparazzi effect. That, that's what I, like, I urge people to make that happen for themselves. And that could be just you out eating lunch and you're like, hey, can you take a picture of me and her or me and him? Yeah. And people say yes, because it's not a big deal anymore to take pictures of people and pictures of yourself. Like, you know, but, you know, to really take it to a professional degree, if people are really trying to, like, use social media, one to twice a month, you can do a photo shoot. And when I say photo shoot, I mean you hire a photographer for an hour or two. And this may cost you a hundred bucks. Because most photographers charge to edit. And most photographers charge fifty to one hundred dollars an hour to take photos. So if you do the editing yourself, it only costs you fifty to one hundred bucks to get like three hundred photos of yourself taken. Now there is a learning curve onto taking good photos, and like one of the best things investments I ever made was like a posing course that I bought from a girl on YouTube, and I was like, it was like fifty bucks, and I was like, this is amazing. Yeah. Like now, and the reason I say I'm not saying everybody has to go be a professional model. But if you know how to pose and you learn your angles and you learn how you look good, when you take 300 photos, the average person might get 13 photos or 20 photos. Mm -hmm. When I take 300 photos, I'm going to get like 120, you know, and that means that I have pictures for months. Yeah. So it's, it's utilizing and optimizing your time. Mm -hmm. And then another thing too, is most people like, Oh, let's do a photo shoot. And they bring one outfit. It's like, no, you got a photographer for an hour, you're going to go, you're going to bring five changes of clothes and go to five different locations. Now you have five times the amount of pictures. Right. And people looking at your Instagram feed have no idea that you did all this on the same day. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, awesome. so that, like that, that's like one of the best ways that I like tell people to get started, like, you know, elevating the status of their social media is like that, you know? And secondly, like, is like I am a big believer in GoPros because in in bright sunlight these things just take cool looking photos. So like I teach like like when you're doing photos I call them hero shots. That's me and JC came up with that name. And really what they are is bold audacious photos that are designed to make people when they're scrolling because that's all you got to think about. Like when you understand the dynamics of social media, like especially Instagram, people are just scrolling. All the picture and photo does is get them to to stop their thumb. Mm-hmm. And then you want them to read the caption. So like, like the photo just has to be bold and audacious and bright and vibrant to make people stop scrolling. If you do that, then that, that the photo has done its job. 
then it's the authority comes in the caption. And I urge people, and I said this in my, my speech at the summit last year, like max that shit out, like write long captions. Number one, it's hard to do. Not everybody can write a long caption every day, but the people that do appear smarter and more knowledgeable about their topic because they can keep talking about it. And that's another way to hack authority. Like, you know, and like, but these things too, it, it comes with the fact is you're no longer treating your Instagram as a, an app. Like it's an extension of you and your business. Mm-hmm. And it's like, again, then it goes back to the content counter. Okay. What do I, cause and this is like most people, most people when they land on Instagram, like it's like, I call it the revolving business card. My internet's really being weird, but like you're only going to see the top nine photos. Like, so when somebody like all you're going to see is like three rows, right? Right. That's, that's it. So when they, when they land on your page, so whatever you said in those nine photos, like that, that's what they think of you. So make sure that those nine photos are always what your potential customers or clients want to, to see. Mm-hmm. And that goes back to in these last nine photos, have I built authority? Have I built a connection? Am I providing engagement? So it's looking at it with an objective opinion and it's not thinking about it as I need to make a cool piece of content today. It's okay, man, I've been going on some tangents lately. I need to, I need to throttle back on the engagement and really like, I got to build some more connections. So let me show me doing some hobbies. Let me like, you know, like, right. Like that's it. Like, and once people like, like look at their profile like that, like it just, it gets easier and it gets more clear and, and the sales happen because people are, they, they trust you. They, they feel like they know you They're You know, it, it all works together. Yeah. That's awesome, man. That's dope. <laughs> if someone wants to, if someone's building their personal brand, building an online, you know, online business or brick and mortar business, is there anything else that you think that they need to make sure that they do or that we haven't discussed or talked about? Again, just kind of going back to what we touched on at the beginning, like don't be so hard on yourself, you know, and, and, it, and it's hard. Like and just the act of not being hard on yourself and putting out content is hard, you know, and it, but it's just being mindful that it, it is just a piece of content. And depending on where you go, like, you know, if you're focusing on Instagram, which a lot of people are right now, then have no mental attachment to it because here's the thing, you can put that shit up and you can delete it in 24 hours. Right. If you don't like it, I, you know, I don't encourage you to do that, you know, like get good to where you don't delete shit, but like, that's the mindset you have to have is just constantly and understand that content's not going to like, if you're putting out content to build your brand, like there isn't really a cheat code. Like you, you can't just magically create a year's worth of content. Like you have to create a year's worth of content, mm-hmm. right? And there are arguments like against content versus strictly paid advertising, but content makes your paid advertising that much more effective because I run local ads to build my content agency and build me doing content for businesses locally. And the first thing I mention is my Instagram. So I encourage them to go look at me on my Instagram mm-hmm. because what are they going to see? Authority, social proof, connection. And then my local business grows because people see my global business on my Instagram growing. Right. Like it, everything works together. So if, you know, because you can be damn sure, like if you're just running an advertisement, even if it's like a billboard ad locally, they remember your name, they're going to look you up on Instagram. That's awesome. Yeah. And if all they see is you beer balling in a, with a funnel, <laughs> like it's over. You just lost your trust. <laughs> 
So Ryan, what's, what's next for you? What's the next, what are the next uh, two to five years bringing for you? Do you know? Uh, I hope I don't have to totally reinvent myself again and again and again, but I hope to keep establishing myself as a, you know, not necessarily a content producer, but more or less a, you know, a guy that brands go to when their stuff isn't working and they need fresh eyes looking at their stuff. Cause I think that's, that's where I excel is looking at other people's stuff and being like, okay, I can see this, but maybe you didn't see that. So I guess more of a consulting kind of overseeing role. But then again, also too, um, I've just started a brand new GoPro YouTube channel. I'd love to start working with action sports companies and things of that nature. I think their marketing is subpar at best and I think they can do a lot better job. So the attempt at the GoPro YouTube channel, which only has 150 subscribers. So like for everybody watching, like I'm just like you on that channel. Yeah. Like I don't have like, you know, I have one channel, like 30,000 and I have this one with like 138 people. Like I'm still producing one really badass video every week on that channel. Mm -hmm. Like, and that is a long-term play for me. So Long-term, I hope that channel, I hope one of my channels gets to 100,000 subs so I get that stupid plaque that everybody wants. Like, um, but I, I, I want the, the leverage and the credibility that goes with it because one of my reasons for starting that channel was a lot of people say that you can't start a YouTube channel now. It's too hard to grow. And I'm like, okay, cool. Let's start one and see what happens. Right. Take the challenge. Go and prove, uh, prove them wrong, right? Yeah. So, I mean, that's it. And then I have my membership site, which is doing well. And um, I'm helping regular people with businesses. I want to keep growing that to, I need to get it to 150 members. And then I, I that's like my short-term goal. I'm about a hundred away. So, <laughs> but like people don't, it, like that's every day I have a service that tells you what to post on your Instagram story feed and caption. Wow. And it also helps you find what I call your sniper niche to start attacking YouTube as well. It's kind of a, it's, it's called daily content cash flow because I tell you what to post every day. Right now, the platform's Instagram. Next year, it might be something else, but the principles that I'm applying still work. It doesn't matter where it's going. So those are like my focuses right now. <laughs> That's awesome, man. You're crushing it. I, I think it's been really great to see what you're doing. I've been on your GoPro channel and I'm one of your <laughs> subscribers. So nice. and I was watching videos uh, yesterday and it was great. And I bought the little, uh, the little tripod extender, you know. Yeah thing so it should be here today or tomorrow if someone wants to find you find your channels like where, where's where's the best place for them to go how do they find you online i mean instagram is kind of my hub um it's just my name on instagram and then if you go to youtube and search my name you will see my bigger fashion more oriented channel first which is it's kind of a hodgepodge it's not really fashion anymore there's a lot of business stuff on there i have some presentations on there very similar to what we just talked about but if you scroll down a little bit, you'll see another channel by me and that's my GoPro channel. <laughs> like, I mean, it's all kind of working together by this point, but like, you know, if you come to my Instagram of, you know, and you pay attention, I mean, a lot of people don't pay attention. There's links to everything. It's yeah. just a matter of what day you're paying attention. <laughs> awesome. Is, uh, has GoPro reached out to you yet? No, they're so elusive, but I'm about to, cause they're about to release the GoPro hero eight. Um, <laughs> they, they announced a new camera. And I'll, this is for like a tip for like GoPro is a passion of mine. And like, I get excited about like going on and taking GoPro photos. And like, if you can make content creation, like a passion for you, like mm -hmm. you will succeed far faster. But you know, like GoPro is not, I, and I'm like, I'm annoyed because like, I, I know the hero eight's coming and they're going to get me for 400 bucks. <laughs> Cause I have to have the new camera because I have to make videos about the new camera. So it's like, bah. yeah. Um, 
but I mean, yeah, it's like eventually they will. Like I can't like I, I'm assuming by the time I hit probably ten thousand subs, they'll be sending me cameras. Yeah, yeah, that's like, awesome. that because ten and that's a, like a point for people like ten thousand ten thousand subscribers on one platform, provided you earn them and like you can do very well with ten thousand subscribers. There are ways to make money from a lower amount, but a lot of things happen when you hit that double digit, like mentally for people, they just take you more seriously and more people subscribe. Like, I don't know. So that's my short, I wanted to get 10,000 subs in 90 days on my GoPro channel. And I'm about 9,850 short coming into month two. So right. Right. <laughs> we'll see if, if my audacious, yeah. but all it takes is, and that's the thing too, is it takes one. Yeah. You know, you're doing better than I am on my personal branded YouTube. <laughs> but it only <laughs> takes one video. Like one video will be the catalyst of getting me 10,000. Yeah. And it might be one of the ones that's still on the channel right now. It just yeah. like YouTube, like the channel's new. It needs to mature. YouTube needs to like gather data on the videos. I did a, I did a video. Oh God, it's been eight, nine years ago. And I put it up. It was a foot massage video. And all of a sudden, the foot fetish community got a hold of it. And I got 20,000 views in like a few days. And it was like, it's one of my most popular videos. It's on my, it's like on my other channel. It's on my clinic uh, channel, which is really funny. But yeah, it just takes one video. It's like, all of a sudden, you know, your stuff will blow up. <laughs> yep. Cool. You, you never know. But you don't know which one it is. You can't ever predict. Right? Nope. Yeah. And that's the thing. And that's like that's why no mental attachment i'm just gonna put one out tomorrow yeah that's awesome man well ryan thank you again for coming on the show i appreciate it this has been a really awesome and informative episode so thank you so much for spending time with us i appreciate it oh i appreciate the ability to come on man and exposing me to your audience and hopefully i provided some value to them yeah awesome man well guys thank you so much this is uh the cash pt lunch hour go out create and keep doing it until you hit the right Right one and then reinvent yourself and keep going at it again. <laughs> yeah. If you got anything from this episode, please like screenshot it on your phone and share it and tag us both on social media or Instagram and we'll reshare it. We'd love to and we'll see Absolutely. you on the next. Thanks so much. Hey, what's up? It's Aaron. Real quick, if you're just starting a cash-based physical therapy practice or you already have one and you want to learn how to grow it and scale it, this is for you. I just released my brand new book, The Cash PT Blueprint, because I want to get this book in the hands of every physical therapist out there. I want to give it away to you for free. All I ask is that you pay a little bit of shipping and handling, and you'll not only get the steps to create your own cash practice, but the tools to grow it and scale it beyond what everyone else thinks is possible. To snag your copy right now, go to cashptblueprintbook.com. That's C-A-S-H-P-T. B-L-U-E-P-R-I-N-T-B-O-O-K.com. And we get your copy. Give me a shout out somewhere on social media. And we'll talk to you soon.